We here at Stormdar Weather work hand-in-hand with the National Weather Service and other professional weather service agencies as a Weather Ready Nation ambassador. We are avid weather enthusiasts who have studied the likes of Mother Nature for over 30 years. The purpose of this podcast is to provide weather information, facts, and trivia in a manner that is entertaining and easily understood by everyone. Well, hello, and welcome back to the Stormdar Weather Podcast. This is episode 117. Uh, I'm uh, Rando. I'm Corey. And I'm Shara. Yeah, and I, I was just going on, I almost forgot Corey and Shara were here. I was just going to read the whole outline. I, <laughs> I was wondering if you forgot who you were there for yeah. a second. Yeah. <laughs> I forgot who was with me. <laughs> but, I'm... Uh, anyway, but yeah, t- this is the Hale Branson episode. We're going to talk about that uh, in a minute. Uh, but there has been a happy May, everybody. It is now May, the, the most intense, severe weather season of the, of the month of the year. It just seems like May got here, it's here, and we weren't ready for it, or it just kind of came out of nowhere because we've all been sitting at home for the past few months, and it, all of a sudden it's May, you know? The tornado warnings and the hail said hello. Oh, it's I know. Mother, Mother Nature is like kind of knocking... On the door going, okay, we're here now. But uh, yeah, this is, uh, people probably wondering, this this podcast is going to come out a little sooner than normal. This is Sunday, May 3rd. Got lots of stuff to talk about about May 3rd. But uh, uh, tomorrow is a potential severe weather day. And uh, Corey and I talked about it. We decided, you know, everybody's home. We're just going to do the podcast today so we can play weather tomorrow because if we're in you know, severe thunderstorm warnings and tornadoes. Well, if we do tornadoes, but if there's like rough weather out there, we need to be on the site. We don't need to be <laughs> recording the podcast. So, uh, and honestly, nobody knows what day it is right now. Anyway, I was just confused this past weekend on Saturday. I, I, I woke up thinking it was Thursday for some reason, and I can't explain why, other than the fact that you know every day is the same. Oh, it's crazy. I know, and you just pulled the thing out of Sherry's hair. Yeah, we're, we're FaceTiming so we can actually see each other. But, you know, I say that because there has been talk of them now starting to soon relax the restrictions in Branson. So I, okay, I want to tell you what I heard. I'm going to give my spin on it. Then I want to hear Corey's spin on it. And then I want to hear Shara's spin on it, being a health professional. So here's what's going on. We got um, something you texted me, Corey, and I looked at it. One of the theaters here in Branson is considering opening their doors back up with multiple shows in that venue uh, May 16th, I think that is, Corey. 16th, about 15th or 16th. Yeah. Uh, right. That's two weeks from today. And I know one of my other friends who dances at Legends, she was she got a uh, a message and they were talking about they're not sure when they're, they're going to open or not. My spin is, okay, we got some, we're pretty low in the COVID thing here in Branson. So I'm cool just letting everything sit. So I think if we start opening up Branson and we're going to get people in here from way out of state and states that are going to have 
the potential to have more COVID-19 illness. Okay, what do we thrive on? We're in theaters. Theaters thrive on live audiences. Thrive on tourists. Yeah, so we get all these people in this theater. That's not going to be good. So I think it's a little bit early to open up. Uh, I think we should just hang out a little bit longer. So, Corey, what do you think? What's your spin? Well, here's... You know, I did have a little bit of an issue with it because the city of Branson and the mayor have not formally come out with their guidelines of reopening the theaters yet. They are supposed to do that soon, maybe this week. But they're already saying they're going to reopen and this is how it's going to go. This is how it's going to go. Based on the guidelines. But how do they know the guidelines are not out yet for opening of theaters? Exactly. So, are they jumping the gun? Maybe, maybe not. Uh, they're sure ready to get going. I, I, I'm sure they are. And there's a lot of people that want to come to Branson. Uh, but uh, is it safe? Exactly. Yeah, that's my point. I mean, I'm itching to get back on stage. I love performing. I spent my entire life performing. So, I'm ready to go. But if we do it too soon... It's going to crash again, and we're going to be back in this thing. So, Shara, what do you think? Defeat the. So, yes, I am ready as anybody to get out there and get back to normal life and have everything open back up. Yes, I want that more than anything. But we have to remember, we are a tourist town. Do I think opening hair salons is going to mess anything up? No. I think that they can allow one or two people in at a time. They can clean really well between Fine, I'm good with that. But the theaters and the large, it just scares me. I So Oklahoma opened up Friday. Friday, was it that Oklahoma opened yes. back up? Okay. okay. So literally in the last two days, my messenger, we're from Oklahoma, so that's where all of our people are from. Our messenger has been flooded with people messaging us hey, we want to come to Branson. What's open? So really? That, I really didn't know if people would want to come. I thought they'd be a little leery. No. Every person I know in Oklahoma was in their car and traveling this weekend. They were chomping at the bit to get out, and they took off. So all of those people are headed to Branson now, places that were hard hit, Places that are still having an incline in their cases. Now, some of these people went to places and Where were surprised that they were still closed because Oklahoma was open. I had friends that went to Louisiana and were taking pictures in Bossier City and they were asked to leave by security or something. And they were shocked. They're like, oh, we didn't know this was still closed down. I'm like, Bossier City was one of the hardest hit. Louisiana, Georgia, that area was one of the hardest hit areas. And at yeah. one point, my friend that lives there was reporting they were having 20 to 30 people die per day in that city. I'm like, in that city you were in, not just the whole state of Louisiana, you know, but. Which is basically a People are suburb just so ready to leave. They just want to jump in their cars and go. And they all, like I said, we did not get hit hard here yet. Yes. And I'm grateful for that. I'm so grateful that we did not get hit hard. But if we open up to the tourists too soon, it's coming. We will get hit hard because it will come from all those big cities that already had it. You no, know, people say we didn't get hit hard here. But for this city, the size of Branson, 
you know, on the last census, it was, you know, just over 10,000. 10, I'm yeah. sure it's going to be more this time. Mm-hmm. But for the city of our size, we did get hit a little more than some of them. Uh, where we come from, there was just as many cases but no deaths. We already have two deaths here in Taney County. Oh, we have two? Oh, I, did, I missed yeah. the second one. I, I saw yeah, one. We had just one on Friday. Friday oh, Friday, yeah. So, you know. People's, so, we are being hit just as hard as everywhere else, proportionate to our size. Yeah, yeah because if you're so, in New and York, here's my, yeah. here's my thing. I've had to literally just block out social media. Like I will look at, I will skim through my Facebook every day, but if it's something about COVID, I just keep scrolling. I cannot even read it. <clears throat> I take it personally as a medical professional when people start claiming that we are falsifying death records or we are calling things positive COVID when they're not, that hurts. Like, that hurts my heart because I studied for years, and and those are illegal things. Those are against the law. I cannot falsify documents. Those are legal binding documents. I would lose my license. All of us would lose our license. We would lose our Medicare funding, everything. And that just hurts that people say we are falsifying things and saying we are blowing it out of proportion and saying that it's worse than it is. They don't understand. And we, so I just have blocked it out. We I just, just have to them. we just have to be careful. That, that's know? the whole thing. I mean, I totally 100 percent agree with Shara. I trust you. You're a respected medical professional. And that's why I like having you. On. One one reason, one of many reasons I like having you on here, <laughs> because I can ask you for the real stuff, you know. But and Corey, I agree with you, too. I mean, if they've got to have the guidelines in place in order for theaters to do stuff. And in my opinion, I wish they would have held off for another month before any any place opened in the, across well, the country. And also this, so churches in Oklahoma were allowed to open back up. I thought they still had to stick with the guidelines. I still thought that they were supposed to stick with the social distancing, you couldn't have so many percentage, that kind of thing. Um, so I watched a church in my hometown this morning live, you know, they do a Facebook live, full building, full congregation, everybody standing, I mean, hundreds no of distancing. people there right and so oh, and these are gosh. also may i remind you these are the people messaging me wanting to know if branson's open so they can come <sighs> so that is what scares me is that people are not taking the social distancing seriously so this huge church you know held church and all got together today and then now they want to come to branson that scares me it it, it does make me a little jittery just you know, like we said before, it, it seems we're, we're doing okay right now. I mean, everybody's taking precautions. You know, things are closed, and and like you said, I mean, hair salons, stuff that ha- that you can control your clientele right. coming in, but an audience of fifty people, what are you going to do? Like sell every fourth seat and then every other row? I mean, it's possible. It, and I mean, it's I don't totally know if possible people to do understand, that. Um, I don't know if people understand how. COVID is spread. So it doesn't even matter if you spread out. Like if you're over Mm. six foot, someone coughs or whatever. This virus can live for days and Mm. it's airborne. And to describe what airborne, like the flu is droplet. The flu is based on someone sneezing, coughing those droplets into your face, somewhere where your hands have touched and then you touch your eyes. That's how it spread. This is airborne. Airborne, the difference is... 
I can cough or sneeze into the air. I can leave wherever I'm at, go home, be chilling. Three hours later, those the whatever I dry, I coughed or sneezed into the air, still there. Oh, it still doesn't drop. Hanging, floating. No, it doesn't droplet. Oh. It's airborne. Oh. It just hangs there in the air. So you come through that same aisle of the store I coughed in. You walk through it three hours later. I'm not even in the store anymore. You've just infected yourself. That's, That's how really scary it is. Scary. Right. That's why they took this so seriously. This is different than the flu in washing your hands and not touching your face. You can get it hours later just by being where someone breathed it. Exactly. And I actually have heard that that scenario too. I mean, it's just yeah, so when if they want to open the theaters, they're going to have to take precautions. They're going to have to, you know. I mean, I can't wait until I'm able to get the podcast table and get you two and guests back over here. Oh yeah, we're so That's ready gonna to be come so back fun. over there and get guests going. I'm ready to get back out there. I'm ready we to get have my guests. hair done and <laughs> We, we have, have guests. guests lining up. And <laughs> That's awesome. Okay, well, I think we talked about COVID. I'll get off my COVID. soapbox now, and we can talk about No, weather. you're fine. You're totally respected. I like having that and talking about that because it affects Branson. It affects our job. But Well, let me tell you about my morning, Corey. I think you were asleep. Uh, I, I've been renting out my uh, downstairs uh, studio, which was awesome, and I did a Facebook Live in my music office earlier today. But uh, my day started... I got up about 8.30, woke up about 8.30. Well, the first thing I do, because I'm a weather nerd, okay, I grab my phone and I look at radar. What's out there? Well, lo and behold, at 8.30 this morning, all of Southeast Kansas was severe warned. I'm like, okay, this is not good. All right, okay, I got to wake up. So here, here's my day. Got my laptop. I started. Severe warning, coming into Missouri, blah, blah, blah. I was texting you, Corey, I need your help. My gosh, blah, 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 blah. Well, come to find out, Corey and Shara both were up late last night, so they were still we asleep. Were so I was doing this all by myself, which is fine. We were awake. We were just watching you squirm a little bit. Oh, that's not fair. No. We were just ignoring your tags. We're like, he's good. He's got this. No, no I, I, didn't wake up, I didn't wake up until my weather radio went off for uh, Christian County. So it was pretty close to us once... I woke up and I didn't even know about it. Well, Miami went under and I thought, oh, well, you know, Miami's going to go. My dad was texting me. Chad Shaw was sending me pictures from (laughs) Miami all morning. I I mean, my phone was full when I woke up, especially from you. uh, (laughs) I know. I was like, help me, help me. (laughs) I knew the storms were coming. I didn't think they would be what they were. No, me either. We talked about it last night because we actually brought in some of our stuff on our back porch that we knew would get blown away or or ruined by the water. We brought them in last night, so we knew it was going to rain. Yeah. So tell us about your 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 adventure this morning before I woke up. How oh gosh. Go? Well, okay. So so eight thirty, and so here I go, and I'm starting. Well, the severe thunderstorm warnings were popping like every ten to fifteen minutes because this thing was on the move with baseball size hail, seventy mile an hour wind gusts. I was like, oh my gosh. So I didn't even turn my television on. That's usually the second thing I do. I get up, I turn my television on. The television stayed off forever. Well, my, uh, my friends, Marilyn and Joy, came over. They were, uh, you know, renting the studio, doing some stuff down there. Well, I said, okay, I'm going to set you up. I've got to go in. i got to, I got to play weather because Corey hasn't texted me. <laughs> got all the way to the storms. We're getting close to us and posting and stuff. And then you text me, I'm up. I'm like, <laughs> 
<laughs> like, okay, great. You can take over because I've been going for like two hours now. <laughs> well, they seem to be moving pretty quick. I mean, they moved here. Oh, gosh, yes. Pretty quick and went all the way. You they know, were my the favorite country. kind of storms. Like, you know, nothing severe. They were severe. I mean, not like tornadic. They were not tornadic. No, right, right. right but not they tornadic. I can handle some... severe, but as long as they're not tornadic, but there I was love a... to sit and watch it rain and hail. And There was a hail swath all the way from southeast Kansas down into cent- uh, northeastern central Arkansas from this storm. That was nuts. And yeah. how about that one from Rihanna, somebody we posted online? Um, yeah, I think it's Rihanna. That was taken off of Fruit Farm Road, which is uh, that's off eighty six, off of Highway sixty five and eighty six in that yeah. area. Yeah, that's not I too far south what? of Hollister. <laughs> no, 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 not at all. And and we have several <laughs> uh, followers that live in a neighborhood right off Fruit Farm Road, like uh, Edie Mutello, and she did mention she had baseball sized tail in her <sighs> yard, and I was like, God, I'm not seeing this, and then and then I get. More reports and more reports from that exact area, and she. I was like, "Wow!" Oh, I know. And that, baseball hail—that's about three inches, you know, three inch hail. Basically. Well, yeah, baseball. What is baseball? I know softball is four, isn't it? I think. I mean, I have to look yeah. at my chart because we rarely get that big of a hail. But that, but that one picture from Rihanna, I think, or whatever, she would. Her whole hand was holding four hailstones that were bigger than I had ever scene around this area just holy crap and i got a friend uh back in college he lives in mount vernon paul gilbert he uh he posted hail covering his yard and hail running down his sidewalk i mean with the water it was just like like a slushy is what it looked like and i asked him i said paul can i post these to our site and he said sure so I post that. Yeah, this was, I think, a much, much bigger deal than what they were talking about. Because well, they were they it, were talking it about definitely the wasn't it, it well yesterday we were in a marginal for today, correct? And and Yeah. A marginal you know, one or two storms may have marginal hail, maybe some wind. You're not gonna get a lot of damage out of it usually. Right. Uh well I think everybody was surprised. Yeah. Well, they upped it to slight. They upped it to slight. I have a really good friend in the roofing business. If anybody needs to know a name, (laughs) shameless plug for my friend. Well, (laughs) we'll talk about that later. (laughs) Yeah. Here's the uh, baseball size hail is 2.75 inches. Okay. Which is right about where they were at. Makes sense. So. Uh, and softball size is three point eight. If you actually okay, I knew it was close the... to four. Yeah, we yeah. need we need to post that hail size chart on our yeah, on our do. page again. Uh, but yeah, we oh got tons yeah. of tons of new likes, tons of new people, tons of. And I love one thing I really really love. We'll post like a hail picture or a cloud picture or a rainbow picture or something, and suddenly all of our followers will start sending us their pictures right. too, which is awesome. You know, from different perspectives around. And, you know, sometimes we'll post a sun dog. Well, somebody may be in a position where they will see a, a double parhelion, you know, a double sun dog, and they'll post that. So it's just, I mean, I guess that's why they call it social media. I mean, you know. That's how it works. That is, yeah, exactly. Um, but we and, sure got a lot of shares on that picture from, from that hail. You had, do you have over, I'm sure it's over a thousand. I'm sure. Let me bring it up here. It was. It was 800 after an hour. It was well over 1,000 the last I looked. Really? Oh, my goodness. Yeah, right around 1,200 shares. Well, it's a sight to see. Lots of comments and lots of 
likes and I love it. And even more hail pictures. Oh, well, yeah. well, again, coming back to the reason that we were recording this on Sunday evening is Monday is going to be a very interesting weather day. Um, the Monday is the one everybody's talking about that could have some potential severe weather, maybe tornadic activity. That's kind of a new one coming up, but uh, large hail, damaging winds. So today I was thinking, yeah, well, not much today. And it turned out to be this. And then now we're going to go into tomorrow. So I went to the store. I We're doing the podcast. So well, we can just play weather because if things are going to get really weird tomorrow, you know, we don't want to spend an hour and a half doing a podcast. We want to spend an hour and a half getting that information to all of our viewers out there. Well, Monday's been on on the, uh, on the people's radar. Not actual radar, but storm chasers right. and meteorologists' <laughs> radar since about last Wednesday. Uh, yeah, that, yeah, that's right. Because the day four, the D four, yeah. uh, hey, came well, out. I they, saw it before. I had picked up on it before the Storm Prediction Center really had anything on it yet. Oh, really? Like the day before, yeah. And I was like, eh, we'll see. And, and but they were all talking about there's a cap, there's a cap, there's a cap. So yeah, well, I read where the cap is going to be there, but I, I'm, my gut feeling. My gut feeling was, you know, as long if that low travels close to us, that cap's going to go away because the low has got all the up and down and cyclonic winds going on it. But I don't know. I mean, they're 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 getting stronger and stronger indications that you know that warm front. I mean, what was so cool is after uh, the, uh, the that second storm came through, which we have that time lapse up there. Gosh, that was wonderful. But after I went outside, it was sixty two degrees. It was cold. I was it cold. cooled off. Like warmed I, up, it warmed back up a little bit afterwards, but it still never really felt warm to me. Oh, really? Yeah, it did never get warm. We had our we had our sliding glass door open all day, and it wasn't cold. And me and my son ran into town a few minutes ago, and it. I mean, I didn't need a jacket or anything, but it wasn't warm. Yeah, I think it's like sixty-eight or something. I think I'm I'm in my 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 kitchen actually, so I'm hoping all the sound is right. I don't even know what our thing says. Well, it felt cooler because, you know, yesterday we had a record-breaking day of, you know, <laughs> over 90 degrees. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. yeah. And Springfield actually broke a record. I think, correct me if I'm wrong, but it's like 80, they had 86 in Springfield, and I think the record was 85. I'm something pretty, like that. Yeah, something like that. And, of course, our weather station got, what, 93 or something? Yeah. My All car was 93. this did. Yeah, I, I was hot. Went out and played a little disc golf yesterday. Did um, you get burned? I did get burned, and I did put, you not wear sunscreen? I wore sunscreen. Okay, good. I wear, but see, I put it on my nose and my ears and the back of my neck, but I don't put it on the side of my face, and that's where I got a little bit. It wasn't bad sunburn, and I always wear a cap, my storm dark cap, because right. people know me. Um, yeah, go out there and do that. So I mean, but it wasn't a bad burn. I was out there for two hours in the most intense part of the day. It was like one to three. Uh, and today, I mean, I don't even know if you guys can see, I probably don't look that sunburnt, but it looked kind of brown and tan and flashy. Yeah. They're both you look, looking you at look me like golden, a golden. Yes. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah, I look golden. Not quite Oompa Loompa ish, <laughs> but, but well, you have I mean, a bright light right above your head. So it's kind of oh, hard to, it's illuminating. Yeah. Yeah. That's Now true. you do look red. Oh, I do. <laughs> yeah. You covered the light up. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think well, what, I think one of the one of us three was out uh, doing a little sunbathing yesterday too, weren't they, Shara? 
Well, I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> Shara sunbathes every day. Not every day. Just when it's sunny. Oh. Okay, six well, yeah, times a week. She's out there sunbathing. Okay, it's the first of the year. I've been stuck indoors all winter. It's really scary if I put on shorts. You don't want to look pasty. Getting a little bit of color. You know, she's darker than me naturally, and I'm I I'm painfully white myself. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Well, my legs and are painfully white. So I don't tan. I burn. You know, I would have burned in five minutes and you know. Wow. It is what it is. I've learned to live with it. I do need to get new sunscreen, though, because, like, my sunscreen, it's, like, 300 years old, and every time, it looks like cottage cheese when it comes out, and it's like, no, it yeah. should be, but, but, but it works. to get some new. But it works. I mean, I put it on my ears, my nose, and it works, so it's like. My kids actually went out and played. They Saturday. Went, they went play, riding their skateboards Friday. and stuff in the parking lot Friday. for a little while, and uh-huh. I didn't, I just didn't even think about it. It's not been that hot yet and that sunny, and they all came in pink. I felt bad. <laughs> You know, something I would like to start doing, and I've never talked to you about this, is, you know, our weather station and our part, you know, all of our Stormdar weather network stations are able to uh, read the UV index. Oh, that's right. So I thought about making a map with the UV index on there and explaining exactly what it is and exactly, you know, depending on what number it is, there's a different length of time it takes to get burnt. Oh, that's yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not the actual radiation. So a six it's not like or a higher, thing. yeah, a six or higher, you're going to get burned within fifteen twenty minutes. Because it could be overcast, but the UV index yeah, could just, be high. So you know, it's something that we have at our disposal, and we should. I think we'll start using it. You know, as time. That's goes That's a wonderful on. idea. I never really thought about that. See, that's why I have you on doing stuff uh, like this. You know, it's like well, all the video good for something. Well, yeah, you know. <laughs> well, you know, I was looking at the Nam. Uh, the actually the afternoon initialization i need to look at it again tonight but the nam had this very interesting feature coming out of nebraska going into central kansas and kind of diving the same way the one did today i mean i i didn't i didn't see where it originated before 8:30 because i was so busy trying to get the warnings out and stuff on the page because somebody was asleep. <clears throat> but the NAM is saying somebody it's just barreling down and it, it doesn't look exactly like a derecho, but it kind of has that bow echo. I mean, this one, what came through today was very close to a derecho. It um, was very close. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it didn't have all the wind damage, but it had hail, which is weird. It this did was have a some, hailer. Yeah. It did have some wind damage though. There was oh, okay. some reports of some wind damage. But, you know, derechos are long-lasting and multi-state, and that's exactly what this one was today. It hit Nashville, Tennessee, and beyond. At 2 o'clock. Like, six hours later, it was southeast Kansas all the way to, through Tennessee. And, and I didn't even exactly check. that's exactly the characteristic of a derecho. Yeah. I mean, a lot of times the derecho will have, okay, I see no more warnings. I'm calling up Raider Scope. No more warnings for that thing. So it must have kind of crapped out a little well, bit. Well, that was 12 hours ago when it moved through, you know started anyway yeah and they're there i'm looking at uh, goodland kansas and there seems to be a whole bunch of uh, single cell thunderstorms out there and that's kind of where our next system is coming uh down through kansas what the nam is doing i mean we could have a derecho tomorrow i mean it's it's not out of the question if if what the nam is saying it looked like just that little bow echo coming in just multi-state just exactly like you're saying um i wonder if we have a weather school on derecho 
I have to look. If not, I need to make doesn't one. doesn't seem like it. Well, We've talked about them very often. That's true. And this time of year, I mean, that's what it's going to be. So I think I need to. Maybe, I, maybe we, I think it was a weather word of the week once early on. Yeah. yeah. Well, and we talked about it just actually like a month or so ago. I remember us talking about it because I didn't know what it was. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, see, there, that's what I need to do this week. Not tomorrow because we're going to be playing weather tomorrow. <laughs> but if that I'm happens. I'm kind of concerned about the hail. It seems like this we're in a we're we're in a, a cycle where there's just hail with every storm. It seems like depending on where you're at. Yeah, big big hail, big hail. You know, when we read if they come out with a severe thunderstorm, watch. They usually tell you like the potential hazards, like how much you know size hail types whatever. They're saying two to two and a half inch hail at some point. I'm going, holy cow, that's you know we don't want a lot of hail i mean wind is okay i mean i like a good severe storm but mm, yeah i mean i don't like the destruction you know people you know i've, I've said this before p- people always ask us you know you know we want to go see tornadoes like well the tornadoes destroy everything well we don't want to see them destroy everything we just want to marvel at nature just seeing what nature can do you know have the tornado go out in the little field you know stir up the wheat a little bit maybe tip a cow we talked about cow tipping i think week or two no. ago, but yeah but yeah. tornadoes can do cow tipping too uh, <laughs> for sure so, they can yeah. they can tip things bigger than a cow tip much larger things than well cows. semi oh my so god straight line winds. i mean we had a, we had straight line winds knock over a semi near jasper missouri just a few days ago <gasps> that's right that's yeah. right oh my gosh yeah well, yeah we've been having you know and the weather is is getting a little bit more intense and uh you know if if this happens now the thing Okay, the other thing I was seeing, okay, th- th- this thing is going to come through. It's going to drive a cold front, but it's not going to be that cold. It's going to keep us in 70s for Wednesday and Thursday. And then we got a rain-laden system coming in, which are talking about the potential for maybe some minor flooding. But then there's colder air behind that. So I'm seeing highs in the 60s yeah, for, the, for the later part of the week. It's going to go down. It's not going to be cold. I did see a low of around 42 for one of those days, though. And oh, it yeah? is cold for May. For for May, we're, yeah. We're in May now. Yeah, yeah, our highs are in the in the 70s. We should be 70s 50s kind of now. But I did so, look at the long range on GFS yeah. next to Now this is next Tuesday, not 2 days from now. This is a week in 2 days from now. The GFS is saying low 30s for the area. Now, I don't believe that with your storm door weather hat. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I mean shoot, that'll be almost May 10th ish or later, you know? That's, the 12th, that's yeah. Getting, that's getting up there. Yeah, it's, it's not. It's not going to get that cold. Anyway, you, so, you were saying. So, so, so tomorrow's, you know, storms, you know, the uh, potential, the, the tornado potential is not extremely moderate or high or anything like that. There is a tornado, 2% to 5% tornado risk, which isn't yeah. high. But this is May. Exactly. And any severe storm in May, in my book, is capable of dropping a tornado. Agreed. Agreed. You don't want to mess with them. No. Single cell or mesovortex, mesovorts, or whatever. I mean, the hail is up there. We got lapse rates that are, yeah, I mean... I, yeah, I don't mess with anything, and they're they're slight now. But okay, did you see? I'm going to back up just a tiny bit. We were in slight this morning, but by this afternoon, they had plopped an enhanced 
yes, for South for Central South going into, or yeah. yeah, yeah, Southeast going into Tennessee, which that's where that storm went. I think what's going to happen tomorrow, or maybe with the next next update, they're going to up it to enhanced. I assume that they will. I'm kind of surprised that they didn't already. Hmm. But uh, we'll find out in just a few hours. I bet. Oh if yeah. You're still awake. You got up awful early. I know. Yeah, it's but like, I don't I, have I to get up for you. But I don't have to get up to, now. Are you are you going to be up in the morning? You're going to sleep till like noon again. Well. <laughs> on our children. If our children want to sleep at night or not. I went on a late night jog last night. Good for you. And uh, I and was tired. Our, and then our three-year-old didn't want to sleep. Oh. Yeah. This has thrown him, both of our little ones, completely off. They want to stay up till one or two in the morning. Not yeah. cool. No fun for us. Well, no, because you want to go to bed, and then they could probably I sleep I would till have noon. been up had I expected it to be as bad as it was. Yeah. Yeah, probably. We'll just be up by nine. That's what I mean. Because I don't have to get well, up tomorrow. I can't promise you that. But well, okay. we'll have our seventh grader wake us up. He's been waking us up, wanting to go on walks in the morning. So oh, yeah. perfect, perfect. I that's, gave in a couple of times. That's why I, I don't will have probably a seventh wake grader. up just to see the eight o'clock update from the Storm Prediction Center. Yeah, you know I'm going to be up at eight. <laughs> any, see if it changes any from the overnight update. Yeah, it might it could? Who knows? I do. And uh, kind of get a better idea on timing. And yeah, it's kind uh, of confusing because the the forecast grid is saying they, they at first a couple of days ago they said maybe thirty percent in the daytime and then something coming through at night. But then they keep upping the chances in the daytime. It, the last right, check and you know again. that happens a lot. It seems like we're expecting a big severe weather event, but something comes right ahead of it a few hours and kind of destabilizes everything or whatever. Yeah, but but it seems like it it you know it's. It could be severe as well. Who knows? I mean, we just got to watch it. It's yeah. May. Now, I'm looking at the actual forecast grid, and it's almost 9 o'clock on Sunday night, so this will change. But here's what they're saying for Monday. A chance of showers with thunderstorms off also possible after 10 a.m. So we need to be up by 10. Uh, some of the storms could be severe. So they're talking about severe during the day. Mostly Sounds cloudy, like high near 71, southeast wind 8 to 14 with gusts to 22. So it's going to be a little breezy. But the, the pops are only 40, 40%. Yeah. But that goes up, right, later on uh, Yeah, it actually <laughs> go uh, uh, Monday night, showers and thunderstorms mainly before 2 a.m. Some of the storms could be severe, of course. Uh, new rainfall amounts between a half and three-quarter inch. The uh, pop is 80%. So it goes 80% down to 40. Uh, again, tomorrow, uh, we're going to have to list, just look at this on a, on a much more refined uh, scope and see about timing. Because, you know, 40% chance, percent chance of severe storms on Monday doesn't really tell me anything. It tells me, sure. I mean, to, to the layman it does, but for us weather geeks, no. I want to know what everything's going on. So we'll, we'll talk about that a little bit later, but... Hey, I was going to bring this up in the uh, other news segment, uh-huh. but uh, Washington Post did a story, and they uh, referenced the Storm Prediction Center, and it talks about uh, May being tornado season, but how they're expecting May to be back, a backloaded tornado season. They're expecting more tornadoes toward the end of the month this year. Really? Okay. Please go yes. on. Well, they say that... Uh, May looks to enter suspiciously quiet, which I wouldn't consider this quiet, although we didn't have any tornado, tornadic weather. 
Right. We haven't had an, an, an outbreak this this week yet. Right. 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 Uh, but but don't be alarmed if more tornadoes pop up toward the end of the month. And I'm reading this article here, and they ref- they show a whole bunch of maps, and and it's it's referencing the the warm. Uh, Temperatures of the Gulf of Mexico playing uh, a part of that. Which we've talked about for the past two podcasts, yes. Right. It's a very interesting article. If you want to Google that, it's at the Washington Post, or just Google uh, backloaded tornado season. You know, it'll come up. Oh. And it's a very interesting article. Uh, I, I, I want to read it. I want to read it because that's going to be... <laughs> that, that's going to be a lot of work for you and me if that happens. Yeah, well, yeah. A lot of fun for you and me. Uh what 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 Marilyn and Joy have? They have this word, and they've coined it. They made it, so I got to give them credit. It's called plurk. It's play plus work. So that's kind of what we're doing. We're plurking. <laughs> I think I think what we're plurking. This says around May fifteenth through twentieth, computer models are suggesting uh, a more favorable severe weather pattern. Of course, they have the Midwest outlined, you know, for that. Which well, is, but that makes basically sense. Basically, the a, same yeah. time every year, right? That, that, it's, that's exact. Third week of May is our, meaning the Ozarks is our peak time, and that's okay. So, there's also a potential that the Madden Julian Oscillation or MJO, MJO, uh huh, a larger scale atmospheric circulation that can drive the placement of weather systems around the world, including North America, could bolster severe weather chances during this time frame. Gosh, that's all we need is is an outbreak of severe weather and COVID nineteen and people at right. home. Although, if people are at home, like Shara said in a previous podcast, they're at home, so they can take cover. They can go to their underground shelter. They can go and protect themselves and be with family and friends. That's very interesting. I think we need to follow that. So keep yeah. make a note of that. We need to keep following that. Ah, oh, goodness. You know what? I and think this it's, is a great what? time oh. to talk to your kids about where to go, like their home. So talk to them about storms and make a plan. Make a plan. Like don't instill yeah. fear. Don't scare them. No, no, Just no, no, say, no. "Hey, this is what happens. Here's our plan. Here's what we do." You're at home anyway. Might as well make a have a weather lesson. You know? Yeah, yeah. Teach them and, some weather. And and we've kind of done the. I mean, I I kind of started this thing. Uh, we we should make May our uh, storm door weather education month because I've started this thing, um, which I think for a lot of people it may help them. A lot of people it won't, but a lot of people it, it may. It's it's called Know Your County. Uh, I've outlined a county every single day in Southwest Missouri, and it's up to you to know what that county name is. Are you in that county? And it's very important to know where you live and what county you live in, plus the county that's to your west and to your south, because that's where the majority of the storms originate. So if you hear a severe thunderstorm warning or a tornado warning for the county that's to your west or to your south or southwest, you could be next in line. And that's the whole purpose of this whole thing. So continuing with our education, you did a great education thing, which I want to talk about after the, the, the weather school. Um, but uh, like you said, you know, make your plan now. Talk to your kids. Where do you go? If you have a severe thunderstorm, stay away from windows. If you have a tornado, get in the lowest part of your house, away from windows in a sturdy place. So... I think we need to play safety rules next week for this 
Sounds good. Now, Rando, let yes. me, I need you to tell me the truth here. Okay. D- did they uh, know your county thing? Is it educating you just as much as everybody else on some of these county names? It's educating me just a little, and I'll tell you why. I pay attention to the counties that are west of me. I don't pay attention right. to the counties like Laclede, even though I know Laclede is up there. I know where Douglas is. I know where Hal. So, I mean, I pretty much know all the counties, and we've had a lot of interest in having counties in northeast Oklahoma and northwest Arkansas and southeast Kansas, and I totally agree, because if you live in Joplin, you need to know where the counties to your west are. So uh, I only had like 25 counties. Uh, I think we should keep extending this and keep going, you know. And it, it, everybody should play. I mean, there's no prizes. It's just something educational. You can go in there and like... Yeah, and today's was really, really, really easy. It, it, it was, you know, if you look at the county, it says Springfield right in the middle of it. Well, the majority of our people are from Springfield and Branson, so they knew that was Green County. Yeah. <laughs> and I always post, the, you know, the reveal at the end of the day. Um, yeah, I mean, Corey... It, 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 on the education part, for me, is going to be when it gets into Oklahoma, because I don't zero of those counties over there. I know Ottawa. Is that where Miami is? Yes. Okay. Ottawa County's where we're from. Yeah. See, so when it when we have severe storms like in Tulsa and stuff, I always go to Corey. It's like, I don't know what county. You, you tell them what county that is out there. And Southeast. And I, and I always, you know, if I'm not with you during a live cast or a severe <laughs> weather cast, I know that a tricky name is getting ready to come up that you need to say, and I'm like... We had fun listening to you. Oh, is he going to say it? Oh, he did it right. He did it right this time. (laughs) Yeah, I I don't know those native names. I mean, I try... It's hard. I mean, Skiatook is a hard one. Skiatook. 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 See, (laughs) that's what I mean. It's hard. I don't don't know these names out there. So so if you if you see somebody talking and posting uh, that uh, Oklahoma, that's usually Corey on that one because I can't say it. <laughs> so we'll keep that going. So make, make let's make May our education storm dark weather education thing. Well, it's time to get to the next segment. The storm dark bird watching report. It is the Stormdar Weather Bird Watching Report. Uh, I always ask my mother. Uh, she's the bird watching ambassador of Stormdar Weather. She lives in Springfield, and she just sent me something really interesting today. That uh, that uh, she's older than me. I'll put it that way. Uh, and she said she'd never seen before. So this is her text. She saw three birds she's never seen before eating in her backyard. Brilliant blue with a bit of brown. And so she decided. I've never seen those. So she looked them up in her bird book, and they were indigo buntings. I'd never heard of an indigo bunting before. I have not either. So, yeah. Indigo, which would mean that that's blue, right? Yeah, the blue. Yeah. And bunting, which means bird. I don't know. Bunting is a bird. I thought it was a cake, but I don't know. Oh, I think it's a bunt cake. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> Yeah, so so how's your Hummers Bunting going? Bunting is a thing you put your child, like a baby, in. Uh, well, I you know I have I have a hummingbird feeder. I have two double stacked hummingbird feeders, so it's actually four hummingbird feeders. You know, two, two normal sized, two no- sorry, four, four normal sized hummingbird feeders, <laughs> okay. but they're stacked on top of each other. Oh, okay. Okay, you so know, there's two and, areas. And, and we do have one very aggressive like hummingbird. Like an apartment complex. We have one very 
aggressive hummingbird. We'll call him Henry. Henry the jerk, yes. And and, and he usually runs them off. But the other day, he just doesn't care, didn't care, whatever. I had four on at once. Mm. And that's the most I've ever had on this season so far. So Why are hummingbirds so territorial? That's what I want to know. Like, there are plenty of hmm. spots for them to all eat, yet one bird comes every year, claims our porch, and those are his bird, his feeders, and he runs every other bird off. Now, it is proven that, and I don't know how they proved it or who proved it, but it was on the Hummingbird International website that the same hummingbird will come back year after year after year after flying 3,000 miles to Mexico. He will come back to find your feeder, so make sure it's out before he gets back in April or or you'll lose him and he'll go find somebody else. Well, good. He needs wow. to go find somebody else and let the others come eat. They will remember. They have a good memory. And, you know, their brain can't be that that large. Like well, that's true. Well, they need all that, that nectar to go up there and, like, power that brain. Right. How interesting. And I, now the other day before that storm hit, and mom, mom can correct me. Uh, I think I texted you. Was it yesterday? I don't know. Whenever yeah, it was this the, morning. That was this morning where she said, yeah. uh, she said it, it got really dark and really strange because, uh, you know, that thing came through and she said her backyard light came on. It got that dark. And she said there were no birds around. The birds just went and hid. And I thought, oh, now that's kind of freaky. And then you texted me back and said, oh, well, I got a whole bunch of eating or, or something. It now. got so dark that my, my, uh, lawn lights came on. My, uh. Oh yeah, porch yeah. light is on a solar thing, but uh, it was pouring down rain, and I still had them eating on my feeder. Pouring, down, pouring rain. down rain? How yeah. weird! <laughs> so. How cool! Well, I guess you know if it's raining, they're got to be hungry too. But Ma, I think Ma, well, no, Springfield got it worse than we did. I mean, we, uh, well, maybe not. Well, we didn't. We got some. Well, I don't know. This this they whole didn't day get the has hail been crazy. Taney County did. They got hail up there, but not what Taney County got. Well, and up there, like Mount Vernon and going Lawrence County and stuff, they yeah. were they had the wind. They were having seventy plus mile an hour. They got wind. They did get hail through Christian County as well, south of Springfield. But man, that was I didn't see any pictures bigger than what we had here in Taney. No, and I, I and I think didn't you didn't you. Uh, Send that to Weather Nation or something. You send it around. Yeah, I tag. I tag some like the important things around this area. I'll tag you know National Weather Service and Weather Nation and this, that, and the other. Good, 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 good. That's that's what they need. Um, Wow. Oh, okay. I think I woke up sneezing and sneezing and sneezing again today. So I think it's time for the pollen report. The Storm Dry Weather Pollen Report from Pollen.com actually says tomorrow the pollen is only in the medium category. So I thought, okay, well, maybe I won't have to take a pill. Uh, (laughs) Then Tuesday through Thursday, it's in the medium-high category, and each day it kind of increases. And I think that's probably going to change towards the weekend because if we start getting really cooler, a lot cooler weather, it'll go down. And the predominant pollens are oak, mulberry, and grasses. Everybody's mowing their yard. (laughs) I understand the pollen not being high with the rain coming through today and probably tomorrow. Now, did you see this? There were trees in Lawrence County that were that the leaves were completely blown off of today. Oh, really? No, yeah. I didn't see that. They had pictures of before and after. It was wild. Oh my gosh! So you know the wind. The wind was a little strong up there for sure. 
Oh, definitely. Yeah. Anytime I see, I mean, and that's why I was freaking out because, you know, I mean, it only takes, it's technically 58 miles an hour, uh, above 58 miles an hour, but they rounded off to 60. Uh, that's what's considered destructive. And uh, quarter size hail, which is one inch or greater, is what they consider destructive. So when we see severe thunderstorms with either baseball size hail or winds of 70 mile an hour, we get really excited. Like, oh, we got to get this out here, you know, and all the, everything's going out. So we're just going to have to watch and, and see if we have a watch or a warning, which that is my segue into the weather school. It's all about the different watches and warnings issued by the National Weather Service. Uh, very important, uh, and I wanted to do it this time. So let's get to the weather school. If there's something about the weather that you want to know, Stormed our weather school. Today's topic is all about watches, warnings, and advisories. What do they mean? How they could impact you, and what you can do to keep your family safe. The National Weather Service has issued tornado watch number 134, effective until 9 National Weather Service in Detroit. Pontiac has issued a flash flood warning for National Weather Service in Chicago has issued a severe thunderstorm warning. The National Weather Service in Duluth has issued a blizzard warning. There's quite a wide variety of watches and warnings and advisories, and they're all issued by the National Weather Service offices in the United States. But let's focus on probably the most common watches out there, and especially in the springtime. They're the Severe Thunderstorm Watch and the Tornado Watch. These two particular watches are issued by a branch of the National Weather Service called the Storm Prediction Center and they're located in Norman, Oklahoma. This is their only job, to keep watch over atmospheric conditions in the lower 48. Whenever they see a cold front coming or something dynamic that's going to create hazardous weather conditions, such as severe thunderstorms or tornadoes, it's their job to map out where they think this is going to happen, the magnitude of the potential risk, and the time frame that this could occur. Let's focus on the severe thunderstorm watch right now. A severe thunderstorm is defined as either wind speeds in excess of 58 miles an hour or hail larger than one inch in diameter. A severe thunderstorm could contain both of these hazards, but sometimes you just get a gust front that's really, really strong, or sometimes it's just a hail event, and that depends on how the atmosphere structure is set up. One of the key ingredients in a severe thunderstorm is wind shear, and that is winds going different directions with height. So at the surface, you could have south winds go up about 3,000 feet, and the winds could turn. They could be from the southwest or the west, or even higher, they could turn even more. But if there's not a lot of wind shear upstairs, then the atmosphere doesn't have the ability to twist. Therefore, the tornado risk is rather low. So that's why they would only issue a severe thunderstorm watch for the potential for very large hail or damaging winds. Now, on the flip side of that, we have the tornado watch. 
the tornado watch encompasses exactly the same thing as a severe thunderstorm watch would, except for the fact that there is very strong wind shear upstairs and the atmosphere will have the capability of twisting. So they will outline an area of the greatest potential for tornadic supercells to develop. These severe thunderstorm and tornado watches issued by the Storm Prediction Center are usually popped between six and eight hours before the actual event takes place. An average watch box would cover about 25,000 square miles, and that's roughly about half the state of Iowa. The Storm Prediction Center does not issue severe thunderstorm or tornado warnings. Those are handled by the local National Weather Service offices. The severe thunderstorm and tornado watches are to alert the local offices and emergency managers of the potential for hazardous weather developing later that day. So when the watch goes into effect, the National Weather Service starts monitoring atmospheric conditions locally and watches radar. We get a lot of information from radar and storm spotters who are out watching the weather and they can report back to the National Weather Service with hail reports, flooding, or high winds. They even report sightings of funnel clouds and that would prompt the National Weather Service locally to pop a tornado warning for that area or just a severe thunderstorm warning if there's no rotation detected. The severe thunderstorm and tornado watches and warnings are just two of many, many types of weather hazards the National Weather Service will issue watches, warnings, and advisories on. Another big one is the flash flood watch and the flash flood warning. More people are killed by flash flooding than lightning or tornadoes. So let's explore some other watches, warnings, and advisories. In the winter, we have the freeze watch and the freeze warning. The freeze watch in the fall indicates temperatures are expected to get well below freezing for several hours and that will in turn end the growing season. In the fall, freeze warnings are usually issued only once. But in the spring, freeze warnings are issued after the growing season has started back up again, so people can take precautions to protect plants that could be affected by the sub-freezing temperatures. The precursor to a freeze watch and a freeze warning is a frost advisory. That's when temperatures are only expected to get around 32 degrees, maybe 30 degrees, and the hardy vegetation will be able to withstand those cold temperatures, but the sensitive plants won't be able to. Also in the winter season, there's the winter storm watch and the winter storm warning. These are issued when heavy snow is expected to develop and make travel very, very difficult. And the most intense watch or warning issued by the National Weather Service in the wintertime is the ice storm warning. Ice storms cause devastation, power outages, and travel is almost impossible. So if you happen to get under an ice storm warning, you really need to take precautions to prepare for the potential of several days without power or water. Other types of watches and warnings and advisories include fire, the red flag warning is very common, usually when low humidities and very high winds cause grasses to dry out and any fire can quickly get out of control. In the summertime, heat is a big killer. 
So the National Weather Service will issue heat advisories or excessive heat warnings. So the bottom line, it really doesn't matter what time of year it is or where you live in the United States. At some point, you're probably going to be under some kind of watch warning or advisory. And they should not be taken lightly. You should always have an emergency preparedness kit handy. Your kit should include water, one gallon of water per person per day for at least three days. Food, keep at least three-day supply of non-perishable food. A battery-powered radio, a flashlight with extra batteries, a first aid kit, a manual can opener for food, and make sure your cell phones are charged before the event starts. One thing a lot of people don't remember to get is medications for you and your family. The watches that are issued by the National Weather Service and the Storm Prediction Center give you a heads up that dangerous weather could occur later in the day. And if a warning is issued, then dangerous weather is occurring in your area and you need to take the necessary precautions to protect your life and your family. We hope we've been able to shed some light on the types of watches and warnings and what they mean, so you can be better prepared in case you happen to be under one. If you have a question about the weather you'd like us to answer, then send us an email at stormdarweather at gmail.com and in the subject line, put weather question. Well, that does it for this edition of Stormdar Weather School. And that should be everything you need to know about watches, warnings, the difference, what a watch is. You just sit there and watch the sky. And a warning means you take cover, especially if it's a tornado. So there oh, you yeah. go. Now, there is a, a tier above a warning, and it's very actually a very scary situation, but it's... It was needed, and it's actually today is the uh, the birthday or anniversary of the first time it was ever used back, you know, May third, nineteen ninety nine, when a when a catastrophic tornado hit Moore, Oklahoma, just just, just took up basically the, the entire town. Oh man! They, they they first issued a tornado emergency. Ah, okay. We've and we see that more often with the larger tornadoes. It happened in Joplin. Yeah, and floods. You know, floods. I've seen the flood emergency. A, yes, a lot. That, yeah. that as well. But a tornado emergency, uh, it's it's an enhanced version of a tornado warning, which which uh, is used by the National Weather Service during imminent significant tornado occurrences and in, in in more of the highly populated areas. So if it's headed right toward the town, and they know that it's confirmed on the ground and and violent. They're going to issue a tornado emergency if it's imminent. Ah, okay. If a tornado warning is uh, or a tornado emergency is issued for your area, it means a large and violent tornado has been confirmed on the ground, and you should seek shelter immediately because your life and property is in danger. Now, this is like a very extreme version of a warning, right? It's an exceedingly rare situation, but when they issue a tornado emergency they mean business i'm telling yeah, you yeah yeah because especially when when they i remember that like you said in joplin when they had tons and tons and tons and more poor more oklahoma they've been hit at least twice with devastating tornadoes i mean at least i'm thinking uh three times now actually <sighs> and it's it's a hot spot for tornadoes it it's just right in the middle of of 
of the zone. It's perfectly placed between the Gulf of Mexico and and, and the right where everything and forms. Canada forms just comes right. right you know, it just seems well, to be the. But, but uh, I have something to say on this. What? Whatever. Like okay, so like several people's phones went off the other day with the tornado. Yeah, severe weather that in your up. area, and it said take cover now. I noticed people commenting on someone had commented on your thing saying well i've never had one that is inaccurate or like it was a like it was a mistake like it wasn't supposed to happen or something and i don't know if people understand it wasn't a mistake there really was a tornado warning and it was but it could have been in a county near you it just says in your area it doesn't mean it's in your town it doesn't say where it's at it just says take cover it's, now and it scares a lot of people it, and, well, yeah. and it also says it says take cover now and check local your, your local or authorities something. or something it says yeah. check local media so it's it's saying hey heads up there could be something in your area you need to be looking out you need to be looking out you know like you need to be watching weather you need to be knowing there's something going on but it doesn't mean it's on top of you take cover immediately yeah but th- but that's and it all wasn't a the, mistake though right it's all in the wording because if i got that and said take cover now i would immediately think oh it's it's over right you know, and they, a lot of, I mean, I did. It came across on my phone, and I'm like, "Whoa, is this closer than we think?" But it was just that it was in a nearby counting. It was in our it area. In, it was in the one in Ozark in Christian County. Right. So that is near me, and I should be on the lookout for. Yeah, but, but we should don't need to take me. cover. We, yeah. I think there needs to be more information included. That's like my the point. The county of the tornado warning. That's my point. It's like that's ma- what I was saying. I'm like, yeah. why didn't it say the county? Right. And but I noticed people were commenting that it was a mistake or something. I'm like, no, it wasn't a mistake. There really was a tornado warning in your area. It just wasn't in your town. It, it wasn't, yeah, or even in your county. I, I had a lot of friends that took cover, and that's not a bad thing. Sure, take cover, but you know, yeah. take your phone with you and check media because you may not need to stay there long. I well, had a lot of friends that stayed there for a long time. I'm afraid people. It's going to be like, you know, crying wolf. Exactly. Are that's my get point. Used to getting a EAS warning on their phone. And it not be for them. So when it really is for them, it could spell trouble. I just think you should never take those. Like, I mean, you just, just always take them seriously. Any kind of warning that comes across your phone. Well, yeah. I mean, check okay. the local media. Yeah, that, that's exactly off, right. But, you know. If you get the EAS and it says blah, 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 blah. The first thing you should do is, number one, go check your weather radio. Go check local authorities. Check your television. Check Stormdar Weather. We're going to tell you. Check any any site around here you know just don't go on one thing and that's what we tell people a lot it's like people will comment and say well you're the only one i ever follow it's like no no you don't make us the only one make us the main one but always compare because you got the national weather service Corey and i could be asleep and something happened you know don't don't make us your only one You we're know, not na- paid to watch these. So yeah, we're not. We're not, we're not paid twenty four seven. Maybe someday, if we get enough sponsors, we can hire somebody to actually, you know, stay up all night while Corey and I sleep. Wouldn't What's that be funny nice? Is our kids actually came and woke us up this morning. <laughs> um, my three year old was trying to pull me out of the bed, saying, "Up, mommy, up," because he wanted breakfast and something to drink. But our six year old came and woke us up and was telling us the weather radio was going off. And it was so cute because she was trying oh. to repeat what it was saying. Like she was trying so hard to tell us <laughs> that it was a thunderstorm, something, and what it was adorable. But oh. I mean, you know, they know to listen to it, they know to take it seriously well, and that's to come good. Wake us up. To no, not blow that's it off, great. So. That's fantastic because that's one reason the weather radio is probably your best. 
alert system, the actual weather radio. They're not radio. scared of it. You know, they don't panic when they hear it. They just know to listen and come get us. Yeah, yeah. And listen to that and, and then check us, check the weather service, you know, because the, the weather radio is 24-7 and it's from the National Weather Service. So you're going to get the correct information. Granted that your weather radio it's is programmed correctly. Yeah, your yeah, because if you live in Taney, you know, but, you're pro- but your weather radio is programmed for Lawrence, then when Lawrence gets a warning, you're going to get it, even though you're in Taney. It's like, no, make sure you have. And, and the weather radios now are just so easy to, to program. And if not, you know, ask your neighbor. Ask your son. They'll come. Isn't it the local fire department or somewhere that'll help you? I think the fire department will help. Somewhere will help places. you program them if you don't understand. I didn't program mine. I just tuned it to the local Branson repeater which gives you the four counties around us uh, to the north and to the west of us. It's, it, it just gives you Christian, Taney, Stone, and Barry, which is good for me because I want to hear what's coming our way. So I don't program mine, so I want to hear what is coming in the next yeah. county over. Well, and you de- we definitely want to hear what's going from McDonald, Barry, and Stone because that's the right along the border. And then yeah. what what uh, what is uh, Harrison, Arkansas? Is that Carroll or Boone? Boone County. That's Boone. Carroll is yeah. See, I don't know my Arkansas. Carroll would be Barry, Berryville, and Eureka Springs. Okay, to the west, and then Ottawa. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Carroll is under uh, Tulsa National Weather Service, and Harrison mm-hmm. is under Little Rock. Even though they're, you know, they're neighbors. Yeah, counting the neighbors. <laughs> That's the fun thing. Totally different. You know. Parts of the it is. region. <laughs> hey, uh, yeah. going back to that 1999 Moore tornado, uh-huh. which happened 21 years ago uh, oh, tonight, 623 6, p.m. Wow. Uh, here's a, a little bit of info about it. It caused one, $1. $1.5 billion in damage in, in today's dollars. Back then it was $1 billion, but today it would be $1.5 billion. Wow. Uh, it recorded the highest wind speeds ever measured globally at 301 miles per hour. 300. 300. See, I, I knew mean, something. Oh, my I, gosh. I knew something was around 300 miles an hour. I knew that. I knew. I couldn't tell you what it was. I'm glad that you verified that for me. I knew I heard that somewhere. And uh, how many people you think that would kill? Oh, all of them. Miles per hour. Well, all of them. I would think it would kill all of them unless they were underground. They are weather pros in the uh, Oklahoma City metro area. They know they they know to take their severe take weather seriously. seriously. So when you have an EF five tornado blow through your town and level it, only thirty six people were killed. Only thirty six. Yes. Holy crap. Out of the That's most amazing. powerful global wind speed ever recorded. Because you would have to be underground, like you were saying, Sherry. You, I mean, if oh, you were above ground, there's nothing going to stand 300 miles an hour. I mean, Mm-mm. I mean, uh, and uh, I remember the news stories. I remember uh, parents that lost children that they were holding on to their children in a closet, and they were ripped from their oh. arms, and they they found them alive blocks away. Oh my now, god! After that tornado is oh when god. the is when the new uh, storm rooms, concrete storm rooms started coming out. And those are actually very safe because uh, depending on your house, 
you know, you think you're safe in a basement and you're really not because there's windows in that basement and usually Stuff a lot of junk. Sometimes they're unfinished. Sometimes they walk out to your backyard. Like you mine. Know, yeah. <laughs> that's a false sense of security to be in a basement during a tornado in my book. In my I opinion. agree. Yeah. In an F5. Well, uh, yeah, or and, even an F3. And even in some certain certain storm cellars, an F5 of 300 miles an hour, well, it'll suck you right out of there. Yeah, we so need to talk to a, Melissa and Jason. We, we've got to oh, do, do. Uh, do something out there because they've got a really intense tornado. Uh, it's not a cellar. It's a walk-in, but that thing ain't moving. My it's sister lives and, in Moore. Yeah. My yeah. sister's actually in Moore, Oklahoma, and oh. in the time they've lived there, they've been through three or four tornadoes, but they have one that is actually under their garage. It's in the ground. The door is in their garage floor. Like, they have to move their car to oh, get, to, in to get down to, into it. Yeah, okay. they've got to back the car out and then raise the door, and they climb down in it. And she said it's kind of like a, a walk-in shower type. Like, it's that small. It just fits their family. They have to stand in there. That's what Jason and Melissa's is. It's not. I mean, it can hold people, but it's not big. But yeah. it, concrete and steel reinforced under the ground. An F five tornado can't get get to you if you're inside one of those. Uh, yeah, yeah. So everyone should have a storm uh, cellar or storm shelter. And I think in in Oklahoma, a lot of people do. A lot of people do. I, they don't have that many here. It's becoming to where if you look to buy a home anywhere in those areas, that's like mandatory. It's really? got to either have a cellar. Well, in Oklahoma City especially. Oklahoma City, but even, and then Joplin. I mean, when everybody Joplin, rebuilt, so. they rebuilt with storm shelters. Joplin's All those new houses probably got shelters. more uh, safe rooms than any other city in the state of missouri right now i i'm sure they do <laughs> that's I'm like the one thing i see with all of my friends that rebuilt or if they're selling their home like that's the first thing they advertise you know so much bedroom house with a storm cellar and my sister runs a daycare in miami and they got a grant from one of the indian tribes in miami to build a storm cellar a concrete steel reinforced safe room good but it's not a tiny thing. They can fit it's every kid in the there. Daycare. It's the size of a classroom. It's huge. Wow. Thousands and thousands it holds of dollars. Like, what, 60, 70 people. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. And that's going to cost you. But see, in the long run, it's worth it because you're going to save lives if you're going to do I guess I still don't know why, like, a, the nice, like, the apartment complexes and stuff. I, I don't understand why, or even trailer parks why they don't have a community shelter like that should just be part of if you're going to build an apartment complex in tornado alley i think there should be a shelter for people to go to well i've heard from multiple sources now i have not verified this myself but i've heard from three different sources that trailer parks in the state of kansas are required to have a tornado shelter really okay yes. I would like to verify that for myself now i don't think that's that's not the case in oklahoma it should be in my opinion Okay. But I heard it was in Kansas. So, well, I, I think it should be a law. It should, well, especially in the Midwest. I mean, Oklahoma. I mean, right. you you're probably, right there in Tornado Alley. Yeah. I mean, if you're in North Dakota, no, you probably wouldn't have to do that. You'd probably have to have like mandatory generators and heaters because it's cold up there. I don't want to live well, in Well, and I've noticed some of the towns that you go through now in Kansas and Oklahoma, there's signs. On the main roads that say that point to tornado shelter. Oh, good. The green signs that'll point 
community centers and stuff that have basements for people that do live. But they've got to know in advance to get there. You've got to know in enough time to get there. Those aren't things you can just run and be there. Corey, is there is there a, a, a map or is there a site or something we could post to show where tornado shelters are around here? I mean... I haven't ever seen one. There should be. Like, people should be able to pull that up I mean, their local town and see where to go. It would have to be something where we would call county by county, maybe the emergency managers, and find out where their tornado shelters are. That might be something map. in our education series that we could do if we could find. All it would take would be a link. You know, I right. mean, if you live in I know this when county. I worked at the hospital. Everybody that was down there, you've got all those campgrounds and stuff right down there on the landing, and mm-hmm. and there's a couple trailer parks and stuff down there. All of those people came to the hospital, and we do have a tornado safe area that we okay. have to house them. If they come to us, we have to house them. But you can't house um, 500 people. But we can't so. house the whole city, right? I mean, there we don't have room for everybody. Yeah, but. I know schools do. I mean, a lot of schools do uh, now. I mean, around here, you can see. I don't know if Hollister does, but but I mean, I know there's some places because some people were asking me, this is several years ago, and you can go online somewhere. And like you said, it, ha- it you can't just do it for everywhere, but it's like, like in Springfield or Christian County or, or Taney County or Douglas County. It's like, where is your... That's something we need to research. I'm going to write Our that down. Our son works at the track, and he said, a, the not all of the tracks, but a couple of the larger ones have underground areas that they can take all of their customers at the time. But I'm curious as to where we have in Branson to I go. I believe Hollister High School is one. That, that's what I I'm thinking. I have heard that. The high school. But like, let's say... That, is that where the disc golf course let's is? Let's say we have a tornado warning during, oh, yeah. during showtime when all the shows are in. Mm-hmm. I'm curious if those theaters have a plan. They don't. And that's why I wanted to get together with Corey and maybe Ted Martin and do that. They should. Make a workshop. It's like maybe a 30-minute workshop. We could get all their employees together and, you know, six feet apart and like spray set or whatever. You know, maybe this is not the best time to do that. But I, you know, and but have Ted Martin because he can give that Because um, if that emergency manager that hit Branson had hit during... Yeah. Regular business hours when the shows were in, we would have lost hundreds of lives. Yes. Okay. I. I okay. I want to. I want to say. Okay. We're on. We're on the. Uh, the podcast. So I. This is from the the National Weather Service. Okay. I. I messaged them uh, March twenty fifth. Uh, uh, night uh, last year. <clears throat> And I asked them, basically, I'm not going to say everything, but asked them basically because, you know, I was saying we're recording our podcast, because obviously it's on a Monday or Tuesday, uh, uh, in Branson's wondering if there was an official protocol for tornado safety regarding large indoor venues like our theaters here in Branson. Uh, and there was, this is their response. Uh, there are no official safety protocols in place for large indoor venues such as theaters. Each business, restaurant, school, etc. will have their own unique safety plan during times of hazardous weather. However, over the last several years, the National Weather Service has found that many businesses, restaurants, schools, etc. did not have a specific plan in place for hazardous weather. So that's what I'm thinking if, Corey, we are known in this area. Theaters follow us. Sure. We should, you know, bring Shara along too, you know, for eye candy. <laughs> <laughs> 
but, that will be disappointing for everyone involved. You know, but 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 anyway, from you know, but have that nurse or perspective or different perspectives of, of training people. Where is the best place for people to go if you have? 500 people in your theater and there's a tornado warning like you said on the leap day that's coming through where do you put all your patrons you know what to do is we need to research that and i think that would be something very very educational that people would welcome us to do that here i am i'm thinking i'm I'm thinking out loud again but we need we need I would to hope do stuff. That they would welcome it. I would hope that they would want. Well, yeah, and that's why I was thinking safe. if we bring Ted Martin along, you know, from the emergency manager thing, they would, you know, they might do that. I don't know. It's just I'm thinking off the top of my head. So we'll think about that. Uh, hey, guess what happened seven years ago today? Crazy Town. Um, <laughs> Corey made a video. <laughs> May May third. Yeah. 2013 it snowed it snowed in branson and you actually um made a video and you posted it today seven years ago today it snowed in branson you know my ground didn't turn white or anything but you know folks up in nixa they had enough snow on their cars to, to ride on their windshield it is got, that crazy I what the temperature was that day it was I'm cold enough to snow how cold it was <laughs> That well, didn't last. It didn't stick. So I, I wasn't right, cold. Right. I was out there in a short sleeve shirt and, and shorts. Now, it was cold enough to snow, but it was one of those days that, you know, kind of like our <laughs> it melted one time you did a weather ground. school that said snow at 40. Mm-hmm. Well, it wasn't, may not have been 40, but it was not 32 degrees. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And, and our bodies, I mean, think about our bodies now that are acclimated for spring. You know, uh, 45 degrees is considered, we'll start shivering at 45 degrees back in january if it's 45 degrees we got our short sleeve shirts out we're out you know it's like we're acclimating great yeah so and i know addie Gaines. uh uh she was the former principal for i think kirbyville high school or no grade school i think or whatever they don't have a high school they don't have a high no it's i think anyway she's been following us a long time love hearing from her she uh posted a picture where she was she said may 3rd uh 2013 that she wrote in the snow on her car it was right. so cool i mean it's posted on our site you can go back and see it was like oh my gosh so i didn't get that much yeah well i mean it was yeah, we barely didn't get enough to cover the cars or the grass or anything. and of course and of course it's may so that next day it was probably 60 70 degree you know it was, yeah it was probably hot and we were all out there in our shorts yeah and the way the way uh that may work so i thought that was funny <laughs> Hey, I want to read you something really quick. I just now this is of course this is Sunday night, but I wanted to I just pulled up the uh, area forecast discussion regarding tomorrow. Uh, I thought it was interesting. I'm not going to get way into it because a lot of people are not going to hear this podcast you know tonight. But uh, they're saying, in, uh, what do you call it when you're summarizing? You're just kind of summarizing everything. But basically, uh, attention turns to late tonight. When a front moving across the area will lift back north as a, a, a warm front. So they're saying maybe some scattered showers and thunderstorms will develop. We've got a lot of Cape, 1,500 to 2,500 joules per kilogram with effective shear around 50 knots. So we could get some thunderstorms. Uh, and that's overnight into the morning. And that's probably what that NAM was figuring out, is that the little complex kind of interacting. Maybe. Mm, there's, there's a lot of things that are murky right now with me. Um, 
figuring this out. But it, but the next paragraph says, in the late afternoon and evening, another round of severe storms is possible as a cold front and stronger shortwave move into the area from the west. Now, this is what they were talking about, That uh, which I think the tornado threat, the warm front's going to move up tonight. It's probably going to be really nice and toasty. I mean, comparatively. But then when the front moves back down as a cold front, We've still got that instability, 1,500 to 2,500. Uh, 40 to 60 knot shear is expected. So that's enough shear to get things going, uh, enhanced by a low-level jet. Uh, large hail the size of golf balls are higher and winds of 60 mile an hour. The tornado threat will exist over the southwestern area. So this is like far southwest Missouri. But even that threat will be low, given the poor low-level instability. So... We've seen some things, Corey and I have both seen some things that are talking about, you know, especially Reed Timmer. He's, he's all about the tornadoes. Like, here's an area that's going to be possible tornadoes. But I think now I'm circling back to the beginning of the podcast when, Corey, you were talking, the people were talking also about a cap. So the tornado threat, we don't know. This is something we're just going to have to wait. We're just going to have to see uh, what's going to go on. But I thought it was very interesting to read that. Don't you think that was interesting? Extremely. Yeah. What does that to see? Because, I mean... Well, there's going to be two sometimes rounds. You yeah. get, sometimes you're expecting something and it turns out to be a bust. Sometimes you get more than you bargained for like we did this morning. Like today, I know. <laughs> All of a sudden yeah. it's like, boom, <laughs> that just exploded, yeah. Oh, well, before the weather school, not not weather school, before the weather word of the week, I want to um, promote our series. You did a fantastic web page, Corey. I'm very proud of that. Thank you for doing that uh, uh, on our series of Remembering Joplin. We've got a lot, um, those four interviews that we did of the perspectives of the Joplin tornado and the rebuilding and the positive, positive things that went on there and the, the unimaginable things that went on. It's on our site, stormdarweather.com. And is there a link there? How do people get to that? It's on our top menu uh, under podcast. It scrolls down and, and, and it says, uh, Remembering Joplin, just right off the top menu. Okay, so just so just go and click the click podcast. podcast and media, and and you'll see it drop down. And you'll and see it. On. We highly recommend listening to that. The, I mean, it was just a wonderful series, uh, and you know, who knows, we may do some stuff again. I mean, Shara has some people. Uh, it'll be maybe next year we'll go in and interview some more people to do that. But uh, okay, so it's time to get to the next segment. It's the weather word of the week. It's the Stormdar Weather Weather Word of the Week. And we, of course, toss that to Shara. So, Shara, what is the Stormdar Weather Weather Word of the Week? I'm not sure what this has to do with weather, but dart leader. <laughs> not the best person that throws darts. I don't know. Oh, yeah, well. <laughs> Enlightening, the leader which, after the first stroke, initiates each succeeding stroke of a composite flash of lightning yeah so it's so kind of like, like the, the first strike <laughs> yeah 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 it, it yeah it's the one kind of leading it it's going down and setting up that that electrical connection and then all the other ones it's kind of like a think think of it like a the a, a, a bee uh, like a queen bee going or whatever, going to their thing, and like all the other ones are going. Oh, okay, that's where we need to follow, and then that's where it sets up all that. What? It's the main electrical current, basically. Yeah, what he said. Of the lightning strike. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. What he said. 
You don't want to touch one. Uh, no. Or get struck by one. Just like the. I don't think you ever want to touch lightning at all, ever. Uh, no. That that could be some uh, like bad things going on there. So. (laughs) Wow, we covered a lot in this podcast today, tonight, whatever. Yeah, it's going to be interesting tomorrow. Uh, We're going to be watching this quite a bit. So, uh, Corey, you got anything else to add before we wrap this up? I do. Okay, what you got? You know, today is uh, May 3rd. Mm-hmm. Cinco de Mayo is coming up. Cinco de, yeah, it's May 5th. Well, in the early morning hours of May 5th, we have a meteor shower. Another one? Y- yeah, another wow. one. Okay. And it's the, it's the <laughs> Aquarids. The what? But it, they call it the, the, the ETA. Is that ETA? ETA Aquarids. Aquarids. Aqu- yeah. Aquarids. Anyway. Oh. How do you I'm spell never, it? Aquarids. Aquarids. I mean, A Q U A R I D S. Aquarids. Aquarids. Yeah, the Eta Aquarids. Anyway, this is this like happens Aquarius. when uh, Earth passes through the debris trail of of Halley's comet. Oh yeah. Okay, now this is Wednesday. Did you say? This yeah, is, the fifth yes. of May. Well, I think we've got. Uh, Good weather on Wednesday. Let me let me check the forecast grid really quick. Which means I'm going to be laying out on the sidewalk. Yep, Wednesday as I am with every meteor yeah. shower. <laughs> yeah, really. Wednesday, sunny skies, 72 degrees. Tuesday night and Wednesday night, mostly clear with the low in the mid 40s. So yeah, that's going to be great viewing. Cool. Now there's only this one typically produces about. Only 30 meters an hour, so it's not a huge... Oh. But it's bigger than the last one. It's going to be a constant thing. Bigger than the last one we had, which well, is only about 15 an hour. Now, uh, the the shower peaks very close, unfortunately, to the uh, full moon coming up. Oh. On May 7th is the full moon, <laughs> which is actually a super moon called the super flower moon. It's the last supermoon of 2020, so get out and take some pictures of that as well. Oh, yeah. So that's not going to compete with the uh, thing? There will be a moon on May 5th. It may not be the full moon quite yet, but two days out from a full moon is still pretty bright. Yeah. So I think it will compete with it. Well, shoot. Because if it's an average of 30 per hour, that's one every couple of minutes average. So that might be... They come in spurts. Yeah, you're going to have a whole bunch like, yeah, like at, at, tw- at 25 minutes and you're going to have like 10 of them. So it's like, that's going to be half of your hour of, of meteors. <laughs> now, if it wasn't for the moon, it would be, I might do it, but you know, that moon's going to be bright, but yeah, it is I the mean, fourth. You're not going to go take us all out there and make us watch. I might. Well, I mean, well if you can't see. see. I mean, just to see if we can see. Take the kids out. <laughs> see what we can see. See what we but can see. If you're a moon fan, last super moon of the year coming up on the seventh. So go out and take your nice expensive lenses out there and send us some pictures. Yes, we need to promote that because we're getting tons of pictures of everything: birds, hail, moons, hail, rainbows. and hail, and rainbows and, and hail. hail. We got yeah, we got more hail. I love that. <laughs> That's good. So everybody, get out there. So, well, Sherry, you got anything else to add? 
I think I've added enough. You added tonight. enough. You don't. Hey, guess what? What? My outro that I normally read is downstairs. I'm upstairs. I don't have it. Maybe. Oh, oh we my have gosh. It. Well, no, let we me. Oh, I thought it was on the bottom of the. No, he prints that. No, I say outro, oh. and that's it. Okay, so let me see if I can if if I can remember. It. Do but, your best. Okay, so so I think you. it's time to wrap this thing up. So be sure to look for us at Stormdar Weather. Be sure to like or comment on our post to have us show up in your news feed. Uh, what's next? <laughs> We have a rockin' webpage at stormdarweather.com. We've got a rockin'. Be sure, be sure to, to visit that. our webpage at stormdarweather.com. Uh, and check, us. check Email us. Uh, if you have a question or comment, email us at stormdarweather at gmail.com. And um, is that it? Good enough. Good enough. Okay, good. so join us next week for the next edition of the Stormdar Weather Podcast. <laughs>